welcome to another edition of the Screen Nerds Podcast. My name's Michael Burgett, and thanks for joining me for this rescreen episode of Castle in the Sky, the 1986 animated film written and directed by the great Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, just got done re-watching the film and wanted to share some of my thoughts with you and some memories from when I saw it the first time, as well as uh, what my thoughts were after this latest rewatch. So, uh, if you don't know this film or uh, don't remember, uh, the film tells the story of a young girl named Sheeta, who it turns out is a descendant of a long-lost and legendary country known as Laputa, uh, which is the aptly titled Castle in the Sky, because it is a country that uh, sits in an island up in the sky, and it's shrouded in clouds and, and mystery, and for uh, nearly a thousand years goes you know, dark, essentially, uh, and goes into the myth of legends, but uh, Sheeta is a descendant of this group, and because of this, and because of the crystal that she carries with her, uh, that tie is tied to Laputa, uh, there are all sorts of people that are chasing her from uh, pirates, sky pirates, to uh, the government, to the army, and uh, all wanting the secrets and the treasures of Laputa. Uh, and because of this, she ends up getting captured, and then she escapes and gets on the run. And because when she gets on the run, she ends up with a young boy named Pazu, uh, and between the two of them, you know, they get caught up in this uh, extraordinary journey uh, to find Laputa uh, and to essentially protect its secrets from all those negative uh, forces that want to have it. And uh, really, that's the premise of the film. the first time that I saw Castle in the Sky, and I've mentioned this before on several other uh, rescreen episodes with the uh, Studio Ghibli films, uh, was mid 2000s. Uh, I was playing catch up, watching uh, these films to uh, uh, get caught up on Miyazaki films, uh, and this is another one of those films. I was watching uh, and renting them from Blockbuster. Uh, the DVDs uh, because Disney at that time was had the distribution rights to North America and so they were uh, putting them out uh, on DVD and so I was uh, renting them almost as quickly as they were putting them out Uh, and Castle in the Sky was another one of those films and uh, this film uh, Castle in the Sky and I mentioned it on uh, my Nausicaa review uh, was that this film, Castle in the Sky, is the first official Studio Ghibli film. Uh, Prior to that, it was uh, an independent work that Nausicaa was, uh, and it was the success of Nausicaa that led to the founding of Studio Ghibli, and this was their first outing uh, as an official company uh, with this film. And It's a very interesting story, and really it's one that I enjoy, although I feel like out of the films that Miyazaki did, this one probably is the most even to me underrated, having rewatched it again, uh, because in the 80s, you look at the films that he put out, uh, between Nausicaa, My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service and this one uh, this one seems to just 
even for me, just kind of fall through the cracks because the other ones, uh, the significance of or just the fondness uh, that I have towards those films uh, almost overshadows this one. But uh, especially after rewatching it again, I really enjoy it. And it's some of the things that really stood out to me on this rewatch was just the difference in animation uh, it, because between this one and Nausicaa, uh, Nausicaa, it felt like it was very, uh, very much akin to early '80s, and I mentioned it in, in that review. Very much early '80s uh, anime, whereas this film, which came out you know, in 1986, only two years after Nausicaa, feels the animation feels so much different. Like it feels much more vibrant, much more rich. Uh, it's, it almost is very hard to explain just the difference, but when you, when you watch the films, especially if you watch them back to back, like I've done the last uh, two nights, uh, you see kind of just the evolution of the animations uh, between these two films. You, you see the differences in I was very impressed by that. Um, and also, you know, I mentioned in the Nausicaa episode, which I highly recommend go back and listen to, uh, the music, the music score in that one is much more set in the eighties. It feels like in this one, it feels more sweeping. It feels more orchestral. It feels very much in line with, uh, a lot of his late, the later works, Joe Hiyazaki, or Hizai, I always mispronounce his last name, uh, who all, who does all the music for Studio Ghibli. It, it just feels like this, this film, uh, this, the score that he does here fits a lot more of the later work that he does. And it just really almost has that John Williams type feel to it of just how, uh, just the adventure that is, goes along with this film uh it's another thing that's really stood out to me in this rewatch was the humor uh, there is a lot of humor in this film and th- there are serious moments too uh, but there is a lot of humor in it and it just it, it's funny because there are some later films uh that that Miyazaki did that really leaned more into the the humor but this is it's funny that this 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 is the first one where you start to see that humor that's there that comes out uh, especially with the sky pirates uh, which are a group that's hilarious and uh, there there are other groups uh, in in some of his later films that really reflect the sky pirates where in the beginning they're evil but then once you get to know them they're not really evil they're you know lovable scoundrels uh, just a great group and the the leader ma is just hilarious and funny and, and she's got a heart of gold even though you know she she's a pirate and so just a just a fun fun group that is and uh i love the the dynamic between uh Shida and pazu uh, just just the the friendship and the relationship that develops through the course of the film uh between those two is just it, it's very endearing, very, very lovable, and just very, very enjoyable. Uh, I love the the villain, the, like the true villain of the film, uh, 
uh, which is the, uh, the, the uh, I guess he's, I think he's described as like a secret agent or he's a government spy or something like that. He, he works for the government, but he doesn't work for the army and uh, just, you know, he's very smarmy, very evil and just, you know, you, you know he's a bad guy. And so uh, very, very much uh, in, the, in that vein of, you know, the kind of villain that you you want to see get their comeuppance, and so uh, really just I, that's what I enjoyed about this rewatch was just being able to really just get caught up in the story and and seeing it on a big screen. I think really helped to do that. Uh, watching it with the English dub, uh, the the voice cast is solid. Uh, obviously. Um, you know, I mentioned the the villain. The reason why I really love the villain too is because uh, Mark Hamill does the voice of uh, of th- that main villain, and he does such a great job with it, and very much uh, kind of hams it up. Not to the extent of like Joker hamming it up, but really just plays into that that heel villain role uh, that that he can do in voice acting very well. Uh, really enjoyed that. Cloris Leachman, to me, is kind of the one that kind of steals the show. Uh, she is the voice, or she does the uh, the English dub of uh, the uh, the head of the Sky Pirates. She and she's done other uh, Studio Ghibli films as well, and she so she's kind of a regular with that group, and she did a great job. Uh, the leads in this film is Anna Paquin and James Vanderbeek. They were very solid. Uh, it's interesting, like, I didn't think about it in previous listens or previous rewatches, uh, but in this one, I, I noticed for, for some reason Anna Paquin was almost trying to do an accent at times, so it's like, it felt like a normal speaking voice, and then there'd be certain times when she would kind of just change uh, a phrase, change a word uh, to give kind of a hint of an accent, and I think it maybe I guess is to uh, belie the the fact that she is uh, a Laputian descendant I guess Uh, but I guess I just really didn't notice it before but kind of stands out to me in this latest uh, rewatch and and listening to that Uh, like I said James Vanderbeek was solid Uh, top to bottom this was a solid cast I I have to say there are a couple other Studio Ghibli uh, films that I like the voice cast more, but I feel like because of Mark Hamill and Cloris Leachman, really, uh, and, and Jim Cummings as well, the venerable voice actor as well, he he plays the general in, in this film. Uh, they kind of help really make this a solid film as far as the English dub is concerned. Um, but top to bottom, this was an enjoyable rewatch. Um, like I said earlier, this is a film that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, even for me, uh, with uh, Studio Ghibli and, and Miyazaki films. Uh, but it was really good just to rewatch this one again and uh, see kind of the the same uh, themes that run through his films. Uh, as always, having a, sh- uh, a young female protagonist, uh, the idea of flight. This one was very prevalent with flight, given you had uh, 
airships and a castle in the sky. Uh, so the uh, air and flight is very prevalent in this film. Uh, so it was good to see that. And it was also cool, too, that I didn't notice before uh, was once they got to Laputa, uh, there is almost like a cameo with a character uh, or a type of character from Nausicaa with the uh, fox squirrels, or I think that's, if I remember right, it's the, the term that was used in Nausicaa was fox squirrels or something like that. But you see that creature uh, in, uh, in Laputa uh, in, in this film, and so I thought that was, that was something I really didn't pay attention to before, but it was cool to see that, and, and it's almost like a little nod to Nausicaa. But overall, enjoyed the film. Like I said, I always love Miyazaki films, so it's always good for me to get a chance to rewatch it, and especially to, to see it on the big screen. And I always say, if you get an opportunity to see a Miyazaki film uh, on the big screen, definitely do it. Take advantage of that, because uh, his, his work is definitely worth seeing it on, on that big screen. And to see it with a group uh, was with a really fun group tonight. Uh, the audience that I was with, uh, lots of fun, laughing moments, and just really got into it. And so it's always good to enjoy that with a group, uh, with a crowd like that. So uh, that's my thoughts and memories on Castle in the Sky. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the film. Uh, if you've seen it, what your thoughts are, or any film that you've been checking out of late, you can let me know your thoughts anytime by email, screennerdspodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter at Screen Nerds Pod and tweet your thoughts there. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Screen Nerds Podcast and like the page there. You can also find us on Instagram and threads. Uh, just search Screen Nerds Podcast and follow us uh, there as, uh, on those platforms. And if you get an opportunity, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Good Pods. Castbox, Amazon Music, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a written review. Leave a five-star review, hopefully, uh, and share the podcast around it. It really helps get the word out about the Screeners podcast, about the community uh, that we want to build here of just you know, loving films and sharing them with others uh, and spreading that word to get together uh, out there and so I really appreciate it and thanks for your support and uh, again just continue to (laughs) be a part of the community and share it along with others so again thanks for joining me for this rescreen episode my name is Michael Burgett and we will catch you on the next episode